Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Shadows. They're fascinating, aren't they? We've all seen them portrayed as many things, spooky, foreboding, indicating that something typically bad is about to happen, yet the Bible paints a different picture of shadows as they relate to God. One of the most comforting passages of Scripture actually highlights how we have a great shadow under the wings of God to find rest in. It's as if it's saying, this is the best place to be when times are hard, to hide yourself in the shadows of God's wings like a bird nestles its chicks in her feathers so God wants to hide us in His love and know His comfort in times of trouble. So how do we experience that in our own lives? That's what we're taking a closer look at in our current series, The Shadow of the Almighty. Let's continue the upward journey. Good morning. Thank you for answering me. That's great. We want to welcome our online family as well. Can you give them a big hand? We're so privileged to have a good number of people watching and joining us online here every week, and we love them so much. I want to start off with something awkward. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, no fear. No fear. Did any of you remember some years ago when it was on the back of every pickup truck, they had the sticker and cars too. It seemed like every person under a certain age bought that sticker to go on the back of their car that said, no fear. And I love those words, no fear. Today we're going to cast out fear from your life and my life and from this family, from this fellowship. No fear. I love that sticker because it says something really good because we don't have to walk in fear. I especially love when they came up with the Western North Carolina version of that sticker. They finally got one for us, and it said, ain't scared. (laughs) I love that one. I can relate to that one. How many can just relate to that one? Let's just be honest about it. Ain't scared sounds like it's kind of my level of living right there. So today, we're going to practice this. If you are a Western North Carolina native or you've been here in Henderson County for 25 years or more, I'm saying that because that's how long I've been here. That's the cutoff right there. You're going to say, ain't scared. And if you're everywhere else uh, and you just would rather say no fear, you're going to say no fear. A few of y'all here. Then we're going to say it all together. Ain't scared. No fear. I'm going to need you to say that a few times today because there's some things that we're just not going to be afraid of, and we're going to declare that today over us and over your life. We're not going to walk in fear. The Bible said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalmist said, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in Him I'll trust. Amen? He's going to cover me with His feathers. Then the psalmist goes on to say some powerful things about fear and how we don't have to walk in fear. Norman Rockwell, several years ago, at the end of World War II, in the middle of it really, he, drew, he painted, he was a beautiful illustrator and one of my favorites, he painted four pictures that were called the Four Freedoms. One of them was a family serving Thanksgiving dinner and he called that freedom from want. One was a man standing up at a public meeting and he called that freedom of speech. One was a beautiful profile of several faces praying together, and he called that freedom of religion. But I think the one that touched my heart the most was a picture of a couple of parents, and they were putting their little kids to bed, and this was during World War II. They were putting their kids to bed, and the kids were going to sleep. They were tucking them in, and in Dad's hand was a newspaper talking about a horrific bombing that had just taken place. 
And I think that's one of the most beautiful pictures of freedom from fear because that freedom is not dependent on everything calming down around you. That, that freedom is dependent on a peace that abides within you. It's not about what's going on out here. It's about what's abiding in here and where you're abiding in here in the secret place of the Most High. Now, the psalmist has already promised us victory over evil. Evil will not conquer you. Can I get an amen? Will you receive that in your heart today? You're not going down because you're connected to Jesus Christ and He lives in you, so evil will not conquer you. But we're promised more in these next few verses than just victory over evil. We're promised victory over the fear of evil in our lives. Not only do we have victory, but we don't have to be afraid of any evil coming into our lives. Psalm 91, verses 5 through 8 this morning. The psalmist says, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. He says, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Anybody just want to make that your promise this morning? It shall not come near me. Then he says, Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. First thing he says is, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. What is the terror by night? Is it when your toddler comes to stand beside your bed, staring down into your face, and you open your eyes and scream, and they scream, and everyone starts crying? Is that what's meant by the terror by night? They certainly can be a terror at night, but that's not what the psalmist is talking about here. Many Bible scholars believe that the psalmist in the phrase, the terror by night, is actually talking about demonic spirits that actually try to oppress the children of God during the night, oppress everybody during the night. In ancient Semitic, ancient Jewish legend, there was a night demon, a female night demon. Her name was Lilith. And they said that Lilith was the night hag who came to persecute people at night, torture them, and do spiritual warfare against them during the night. Now, I don't know about y'all, but there are times that I wake up in the morning and feel like I've been in a war that night. There are times that I wake up feeling like I've just been beat up all night. Now, Pastor Greg told me, Pastor, you better be very careful and tell them that that's not Alexa doing that to you. So I want you to understand, I want to be free from that right now. That is not my precious wife. There have been times, though, that sincerely I felt like at night something was battling my soul. And I've learned to pray before I go to sleep and say, God, be with me. And God, keep my heart and my mind and my dreams and everything in me on you. What this scripture is telling us is that we don't have to be afraid of any demonic spirit that may come against us. When we think about a demon, we say two words. I gave this to y'all. I gave this at the first of the message not five minutes ago. You've already let me down this morning, so don't do it again. (laughs) When we think about a demon, we say two words. Uh, Okay. Ain't scared or no fear. We're not afraid. We can look a demon in the eye 
and have the peace of God ruling in our hearts. Now, some people ask me, you know, what do you think, Pastor, about the Grammy Awards? Well, I didn't watch it, first of all, because I kind of know what to expect from that crew, and I just don't like to take that kind of thing into my mind and uh, into my heart, and I just don't need that uh, inside of me. If you watch it, I'm not condemning you, but uh, I, I think sometimes I, I, I see Christians complaining about stuff on social media, and I get a little tired of Christians complaining about stuff they shouldn't have been watching in the first place. You know what to expect. You know what's going to come on, and you're sitting there waiting on it. Then you get all self-righteous on social media, so don't do that with me. I just don't buy into that. But people said, you know, I couldn't help but seeing the pictures of these things, and I don't really know the people's names who did this, but uh, people dressed up like demons and devils and all this kind of stuff and singing, and, and uh, they said it was kind of like a satanic ritual or worship service and all that. I don't know about all that. I do know this, that those people that did that were very deceived and misguided. Whether or not they are satanic priests or anything like that, I do not know. Uh, I think very likely they're young people who just really needed some attention, and that was the way to get that. And I do think it's shameful that we celebrate that kind of thing in our country and that people actually watch it. I understand not a lot of people actually watched it live, so that's probably a good thing. Uh, but I think we need to pray for those people. And just posting about it on social media and getting mad about it doesn't do anything. But I'm going to tell you this, we have nothing to fear from that. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ filled with the Holy Spirit put on this earth with kingdom authority to stand over those things. So we don't have to fear that. We can stand and call it what it is, but we have no fear of demonic forces. Now, we don't see a demon behind every tree and we don't think every problem is a demonic problem. But we do believe that demonic spirits exist because Jesus believed it and Jesus cast them out of people. And that is our role in this world. We're, I'm jumping in the next week or, or the next week. The psalmist said, you will tread upon serpents. The lion and the cobra, you will trample under your feet. So when you think about a demon, here's, I've added something to it. You can just stomp your feet and say, no fear, ain't scared. No fear, ain't scared. Because you don't have to be afraid because the blood of Jesus Christ covers your life and that's the thing that makes a demonic spirit run away faster than anything else in the universe. Amen. When it comes to demonic spirits, we can have no fear. Then the psalmist said the second thing, you shall not be afraid of the arrows that fly by day. Now, I hope none of you have had an arrow shoot by your head recently. If you've ever been around bow hunting and seen people shooting into targets, that is a scary proposition. To think about getting shot with an arrow is one of my least favorite things to think about. I do not want to get hit by an arrow, but thankfully I can say in my life I've never had an arrow shot at me that I know of. That is a physical arrow. But I've had a whole lot of spiritual arrows shot in my direction, and so have you. For we have an enemy, as we said last week, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And he will shoot arrows at you. And as I prayed over this passage and said, God, what, what are the arrows that actually the psalmist is talking about for us in the day which we live in? I do believe that it does refer to weapons, physical weapons that are aimed at you, that God can and will direct those around you as you walk in the secret place. 
But in a deeper way, the psalmist is talking about those spiritual arrows. And I prayed and said, God, help me understand this. And I just kept hearing a scripture verse in my spirit. It said, casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. And I said, yeah, I know Paul wrote about that in spiritual warfare. So I looked it up. And in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Then he said this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Do you understand that? What is meant to hold me captive, I bring into captivity through the power of the Holy Spirit. What came to oppress me, I capture and hang on to and put it where it belongs. But it said casting down imaginations. What does that mean? I believe it's this, that the arrows that come from the enemy often use our own imaginations to strike us. Here's what I mean by that. I have this ability that's not a good thing to do, but I can take a fairly mild trial in my life, a fairly mild situation, and in my imagination play it out to the worst possible ending. Any of y'all ever get a little bit of bad news and you just make up a whole movie and you play it forward as to the end of what it can be? Have you ever done that? Have you ever had, a, had an argument with, a, with somebody that wasn't even there? How many have done that? I have ridden to church before and I've imagined what I would say to somebody and I would imagine them saying something smart back to me. And I'm just going to tell y'all, in the car, I can think up the best replies. When I'm riding down the road, I can think of a crushing reply, and I'll say that to them, and then they'll say something back to me, and I'm driving down the road, and I'm getting red in the face. I'm actually physically angry. And this person that I'm mad at is probably down at Bojangles having a chicken biscuit, (laughs) enjoying their day. And I'm all stirred up about something that hasn't even happened and probably will never happen. Man, the enemy gets in our imaginations and he shoots arrows at us. And I do that. I play the movie out. And all of a sudden, when you do that, when you allow the enemy to do that, you actually are mentally living in the worst case scenario when it hasn't even happened and probably never will happen, but all of a sudden it's become your mental reality even though it's not reality. Paul calls these in Ephesians the fiery darts of the enemy. He lists in Ephesians 6 the armor of God that we are to take up in our lives, right? We're to put on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But Paul says this, above all, he's saying it like this, if there's only one piece of armor you could get, and that's not the case, you can get them all, but he said the main one you need to get if you get one is called the shield of faith. And he says with the shield of faith, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Meaning when he shoots an arrow into your imagination and gets you ruminating on potential outcomes that are terrible and takes your mind to the worst case scenario, you pick up the shield of faith that's based in the truth 
and you take that faith that you have in God and you hold it up against that lie and the Bible said that lie and the fear associated with that lie are quenched by the shield of faith. When the enemy lies to you, you hold up the truth to him. When he gets your mind headed down a path that's wrong, you combat him with the word of God and the faith you have in the word of God and he has to go away in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. When he tells you things are bad, you say, faithful is he who has called me who also will do it. Devil lies to me sometimes about my future, and I think of Jeremiah where God said, I know the plans I have for you. I know what's in store for you. God already has victory for you. Do you know your victory's already been won today? It's not something you're fighting for today. It's already won. What you're fighting is to stand in what's already been done. To stand in what's already been won. And when you know the battle's been won, you don't have to worry. You walk in, no fear. Ain't scared. Amen. I'm going to say that a few times today. So if it's irritating now, imagine how it's going to be in 10 more minutes. I don't have to be afraid of demons. I don't have to be afraid of the darts of the enemy. I love it. Then he goes on to say this. He said, we don't have to be afraid of the perilous pestilence. That means that you and I don't have to live in the fear of disease because God is our healer. I still believe God heals sick people. Just a couple weeks ago, a young man I told you about got healed right here last week when I was telling about it in the third service. He was sitting right here in the second row. That's pretty fun to be able to give a testimony of healing to somebody who's sitting right there saying, yes. I had a dear pastor friend of mine call me about a month ago, and he said uh, he's an older man and a mentor to me, and he was, he was shaken because he'd just been told he has lung cancer. And uh, the doctors were coming up with a treatment plan. He said they don't know quite what it is yet, and they're coming up with a plan for it, so pray for me. But he said this. He said, cancer's not going to kill me. I said, amen, brother. So I prayed with him on the phone, and other people have prayed for him. And he called me last week. He was laughing and crying at the same time. He said, I went back to the doctor for another exam, and I don't have any lung cancer in my body. I don't have it. We serve a God who heals. Amen. It's easy to live in fear of disease. Amen. Man, we've just been through a pandemic. If you want to talk about the perilous pestilence, we've been through that, right? We've been through widespread fear of disease in our land. I believe this in my, with my whole heart, that one of the things that marks Christians in the days that we live in is their ability to walk through difficult circumstances without the fear that's all around them. Because you and I know who our source is. Amen? Amen? Our source is not a government. Our source is not a doctor or a nurse, as much as we love them and value them and bless them. Our source is not our employer. Our source is not even our spouse and our family. I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from where? The Lord. He is my source. And I'm safe in Him. I'm safe from demonic spirits that come into my life. I'm safe from the darts of the enemy that are shot at me into my imaginations trying to mess with me. 
I'm safe from any disease the enemy would try to put upon me because the Lord is my healer. In these last days, the line is going to be drawn clearer and clearer between the people of God and the people who walk in unrighteousness. And one of the things that's going to shine in God's children is their confidence in the face of fear. People are going to look at you and say, why aren't you afraid? You seem so happy. Did you not see? Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. No fear. I ain't scared. People are going to look at you and say, you don't seem to be scared. <laughs> Did you want not see what's on the news? My answer is, oh, no, I haven't seen that. I am woefully behind on the news right now and happier than I've ever been. I didn't even know about the balloons. I didn't even know about them. Pastor, don't you want to stay informed? I don't want to stay misinformed. I'd rather be uninformed than misinformed. I'm going to stay informed with the truth. Yeah, I hear about these things. You can't escape them. But I'm not going to walk in fear. And part of that, and I'm going to say it, you're going to get sick of hearing me say that, a big part of that's not living on a media diet all the time. If you live on a media diet, you're not going to be able to say no fear because fear sells. Fear gets clicks. Fear gets attention. Fear is deceptive and destructive. And you can be manipulated by fear about as fast as any other way. I'm staying in the truth of God's Word don't have to fear demons. I don't have to fear the darts of the enemy. And I don't have to fear disease. The last thing that he says is this. You shall also not fear the destruction that lays waste at noonday. What is this talking about? You know, I've told you already in this series that Bible scholars debate who wrote this psalm. Some of them think it's David. Others of them think that it's Moses. This particular passage kind of leans toward Moses in a way because Moses went through times more than once when there was a clear line drawn between God's people and the enemy's people. Moses saw more than once in his life evil being destroyed while God at the same time protected his people. And many Bible scholars believe this is from the hand of Moses and believe that the destruction that lays waste at noonday actually refers to God's judgment upon evil. And that the people who walk with God and live in the secret place and abide under the shadow of the Almighty do not have to fear the judgment of God when it comes. We don't have to be afraid of destruction. Moses experienced a time, and the children of Israel did. It's recorded in the book of Numbers, and it's an amazing and scary story at the same time. There was a rebellion against Moses. There were many of them, but there was a rebellion, a famous one against Moses by a man named Korah, a Levite, and many of his uh, followers. And the Levites were the priestly tribe of Israel. Korah rose in rebellion against Moses and said, Moses, who do you think you are? You've not even led us into the promised land. He failed to mention that the reason they couldn't go into the promised land was their own unbelief. That's how your critics are. They'll leave out very pertinent details to the, to the whole story, right? 
You didn't even lead us into the promised land. You took us out of Egypt. You took us out of a place where we loved it so much. That's how I'm trying to come up with a polite word. That's true. That's not my It's not a nice People who just don't have any sense. They cried for 400 years, God let us out of Egypt. And as soon as they got out in the desert, it's like, oh, it was good back there. Take us back. Korah said, uh, you're acting like you're a prince over us, and we're going to have some say in this. So Moses told everybody, get away from his tents. Back away from Korah. I'm going to throw this in for free today. When someone's walking in rebellion, you better get away from their tent. If you hear people who are backbiting and gossiping, oh goodness, I've got to say this now. I don't know that I'm being backbit and gossiped. I don't know of that going on. But if you hear of people criticizing leadership, get away from their tent. When you hear people at work that are knocking the boss and want to pull you into their stuff, get away from their tent. Man, maybe God's just helping somebody with that this morning. But Moses said, get away from their tents. And he said, oh, Moses said, all right, we're going to see what happens here. He said, if we're walking with the Lord, something's going to happen that never happened before. The ground's going to open up and swallow those who are in rebellion against God. And the ground opened up and swallowed Korah's tent. His whole camp went underground and all of them perished. That's a scary thing to think about. But I want you to hear me. There comes a time when evil has been flaunted so much. And unrighteousness has been lifted up so much that the consequences of that evil and that unrighteousness are visited upon us because God has cried out for so long for us. God is merciful and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And boy, we're living in a day of grace right now when God is saying, come to me, come to me. We, some of us in our nation, flaunt evil in the face of God and God still cries out to us. But do you know there comes a day it's not that God's grace runs out because it doesn't run out, but there comes a day when the account of evil gets so high that the consequences begin to spill over into the national life. And I want you to understand, I am so thankful that God is moving among his people right now. I love what's going on on the college campuses right now. There's a whole list of college campuses that are having multi-day prayer meetings and worship times. And I just say, Lord, bring it on and more. Do it, Lord. Bring it on and more. Visit your people. So I want you to hear me. The people of God have nothing to be afraid of. But there's coming a day when God's going to draw a line. And evil will be exposed. And evil will be dealt with. Can I get an amen? People say all the time, well, I'm perilous times. It's so bad. It's so bad. And I keep telling people, God hasn't had his say yet, but one day he will have a say. But here's what you got to understand. He said, 
with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. The destruction is close enough where you can see it, but you don't experience it. I don't know about y'all, but I, I just don't exactly like destruction being at my right hand. I'd rather it be 10,000 miles away. But God says, when I draw the line, when consequences of evil begin to fall, it may be at your very right hand. But I love this, and I want you to remember this. It shall not come near you. You know why? You know why the judgment of God will not come near you? Because it's already been there. Jesus, when he died on the cross, died in your place and my place. He hung there for me and for you. He who knew no sin, the Bible says, became sin. He took the sin of the world upon himself. And God poured out his judgment on Jesus. I don't understand. There's a scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah 53 is one of my favorite scriptures. Surely he's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. It's about the suffering Messiah. It says this in a verse that I don't understand. It said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. What kind of a God could that be? I never enjoyed spanking my children. If you do, don't. If you do, don't let me find out about it. Because I'm coming. Me and a group of mountain men from Henderson County will descend upon your house and get in between you and that child, and we will wear the living daylights out of you. In Jesus' name. I find out somebody's hitting a child, me and Walker's going to get him. I'm going to stay right behind him, too. <laughs> I just signed you up, brother. Isabel will be there, too. And me and Walker will be behind her. I just signed up an army here. I hated spanking my children. It was a whole lot easier to spank Michael than Daniela. Right. When I spanked my little girl, I, I remember one time I told her, and I didn't tell her this much because I knew it would have to follow through. I told her, I said, you do that again, you're going to get spanked. She's like, challenge accepted. And she did it, and I had to spank her. I took her up to her room, and she lay down on the bed. I said, babe, go put on some jeans. I had her put on jeans before I spanked her. Yet the Bible said it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Why is that? Because by pouring out judgment on him, we were spared. You understand that? Beautiful story, and I'm closing, of a farmer who was on the prairie with his family many, many years ago, and a prairie fire began to sweep across that prairie, and it was headed for their farm. And man, a sweeping fire like that can move so fast that you just cannot get away from it. And it was bearing down upon them, threatening to destroy him, his family, and everything that they owned. And the farmer took his kids out into the middle of a field of grain. And he began to set a big circle on fire. 
and his family was there and, and they were all taking from the fire and setting fire to a big circle and where grain had stood tall it was burned to the ground and there was a whole charred circle right in the middle of that field then he got his family and they went to the well and they wet blankets and he put his children and his wife and himself under wet blankets in that charred section of field and when the fire came raging, they could hear it. They could feel the wind of it all. And they could feel the heat even under those blankets of the fire. And the kids began to cry. And the farmer said to him this, beautiful. He said, don't worry, sweeties. The fire can't come here because it's already been here. A fire cannot go back where it's been. The judgment of God has been satisfied on Jesus Christ. And I'm in Him and I'm covered by His blood. And judgment cannot touch me because I'm in the secret place of the Most High. In the shelter of the Almighty. In His shadow. Amen. Okay. Quiz. When I... Y'all, don't... Let me ask the question... Okay, our overachievers out here, I understand. When I encounter a demon, <laughs> when I get a dart shot at me, when I encounter disease, when I think of destruction, no fear, I ain't scared. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for Psalm 91 that tells us about the safety and the protection we have and we receive that today in Jesus name we stand up with the shield of faith and we take the word of God and we quench by faith the fiery darts of the enemy in Jesus name with heads bowed and eyes closed who here today we're not going to embarrass you but who here today would say pastor I'm saying yes to Jesus as my savior today I want to run up under his safety and protection I want to be clean and whole and new. Can I see your hand right now quickly? That's me. That's me. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for both of those. I see two hands. Anybody else? I see two anymore. Oh, church, let's celebrate bigger than that. Let's just do bigger than that. Oh, yeah. How many would be honest enough to say, Pastor, I've had fear, or from this day forward, no fear in my life. I'm not going to receive it. I'm going to take up the shield of faith. Can I see your hands this morning? been walking in fear from this day forward I'm with Jesus I believe in his word let's pray right now with those who are saying yes to Jesus pray with me Lord Jesus thank you for loving me for dying for me for taking my punishment I receive that this morning your forgiveness your strength your cleansing and from this day forward my life is an offering to you an offering of worship from now and into eternity in Jesus name Amen let me bless you this morning lift your hands if you will when you pass through the waters I will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overflow you when you walk through the fire you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you that's your safety your protection the bubble that's around you, the fire that's around you keeping you safe. May it be upon you powerfully this week. 
I commission you now, go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Make Jesus' presence known everywhere you go. In his name, amen. Love y'all. Thanks for being here. See you next time. You be blessed today. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.